Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yes, we are out on our veranda here at the Broadcast Center at WCCO at the Minnesota State Fair. Mary Meyer is back with us. Good morning, Mary. Nice to see you. Great to be here, Danny. And you have brought Eric Watkins back with you. Yes. It seems like it was two months ago when you guys were here. But that was a whole year ago. A whole year ago. Yes. Yes. Great to be at the fair. Uh, Let's do a proper introduction. Mary Meyer is a horticulture science faculty member at the University of Minnesota Extension. And and let's give Eric a proper introduction then, if you would. Eric is... Is a professor and uh, not an extension horticulturist, but he's a professor of teaching and does research in uh, turf grass and breeding, plant breeding. So if you do have, for real, a lawn or garden question, uh, br- bring it up here at the veranda or uh, call it in or text it in. That same number right. applies. You, uh, right. I wouldn't say you smuggled in a cake, but you... <laughs> You brought in a special anniversary cake. I've brought in an anniversary cake for the eight years of Smart Garden Show. And uh, anyone who would like a piece, it's free food at the fair, right? Uh, Which this is kind is of a, unusual, <laughs> free food. Free food at the fair. So come on up and get some. Come on up and get a piece of our anniversary celebration cake for eight years of Smart Garden Show. So uh, I sometimes think we don't celebrate enough, so it's a great reason to celebrate being with CCO for so many years. No, it's, a, it's our pleasure for sure, and I know you guys help our listeners out all the time every week. Uh, now, what's happening here at the fair? Because uh, the, the U of M, you guys are really involved, and, and your colleagues uh, at the Hort Building, right? Yes, a lot going on at the Hort Building. You can get your questions answered there from the Master Gardeners, but the big turf display. Eric, tell us what's going on with the turf. Yes, yeah, throughout the fair, we have a... Uh, a display um, uh, demonstrating uh, ma- the priority is uh, demonstrating irrigation technology. So a lot of people have home lawn irrigation systems that they have questions about, but also just a lot of samples of different grasses you can plant. There's experts there to ask your questions throughout the fair. So yeah, we're in the Hort Building. We're uh, very close to the big pumpkin. So if you see the big pumpkin, just turn <laughs> oh, yes. around and there we are. Saw that in the news. Yeah. It's time. really fun to see uh, the different kinds of grass. People have a hard time not touching that grass. They like so, to touch the grass. What? Ask if it's real. Things like that. <laughs> you can tell uh, Kentucky bluegrass from perennial rye or the fine fescues. Good chance to see that up close. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. That's the phone number to call in your lawn or garden question. Do that. You know we always tend to get busy uh, with this show. Or the same number applies to your text message. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Mary, Eric, and I were talking about uh, my doing some seeding in the uh, the lawn just yesterday, as a matter of fact. But this is really a pretty good time of year to do that, isn't it, Eric? Yeah, it's a great time. So we get that question a lot at the at the fair booth. But right now, you know, from about August 25th to September 10th is kind of the prime seeding time uh, in Minnesota. So what's uh, the process? What's the what's the way that a homeowner can do that with this, to fix up their yard if they need seeding? So you know, if you're starting from scratch, of course, you can rototill the yard and smooth it out and put the seed down with some starter fertilizer. Uh, but most of the time, people just want to renovate part of their lawn or they're you know just want to start overseeding a new species into their existing grass. So a lot of times what you can do is take the existing turf and maybe airify it 
and then drop seed into that. You have to do something to kind of open up some space for that new seed to take hold. You just don't throw that seed out in the air. You can do that, but it doesn't always work that well. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can do it, and it does work to a degree, but not as well. As you need to kind of rough up the soil in some way. So if it's a small area, maybe just take a metal tine rake. Um, you know, if it's a larger area, maybe a vertical mower or a air fryer or something like that. What, what about the, once you do put that down? Does it and it has to have the soil contact? Do you need to cover the seed up with more soil, or what, what's the deal with that? No, in in the case of an overseeding, you wouldn't have to, you know, because you've got that canopy of grass already there or dead turf. If you rototilled, uh, you would drop the seed and then lightly rake it in. So what we usually do is, you know, take a leaf rake, turn it upside down, drag it lightly over the soil. You just need a little bit. You know, it doesn't really need to be covered very much at all. Uh, Mary, what what's uh, the gardeners doing this time of year? What are you doing with your? Uh, I I have sowed some seed because this is a perfect time. So you think about Labor Day. That's usually when I think about the time to seed or fertilize your lawn. So lawn care is a prime thing that people are doing. Uh, cleaning up their gardens. Uh, my tomatoes are pretty much finished now, but lots of people are in the peak of harvest for their tomatoes. Zucchini never stops. So <laughs> lots of uh, harvest still going on and. And we're watching our uh, winter squash and pumpkins, so they're they're uh, maturing. Another month for those. And you know, I always like to ask uh, you both about uh, the arboretum too. I mean, things are always happening year-round. Yes, year-round. But the Apple House is open now at the arboretum, so you can go out and get the first early apples. The Zestar State Fair. Some of our numbered uh, selections are there. The Apple House is just beyond the arboretum on five, and um, yes, it ju- has just opened this week, and it'll be open for about two months now. So all of the apples that you want to try and Minnesota, you can get at the uh, Arboretum's Apple House. Here at the fair, uh, First Kiss is still in supply. I missed that last year. Have yeah. you tried that? Oh, it's very good. It's an upgrade from Honeycrisp. An upgrade? An that upgrade says a lot. From Honeycrisp, right. So that's available in the horticulture building as long as supplies last. And you'll see that more and more in the grocery stores and at uh, orchards this year. First Kiss. First Kiss mm-hmm. is called. Right. 651-989-9226. That's the phone number and the text number. You can use it for both. Uh, here's one. A text came in a bit ago. How soon can you apply winterizer after fall seeding? So we get that question from time to time. Uh, first of all, winterizer, uh, it's kind of tough to know what they mean by winterizer. So I think you know a lot of times when the term winterizer is used, it's used for a fertilizer that's supposed to prepare the turf for winter. Um, this is a good time to fertilize right now. So just a, a you know early September, mid-September is a great time to fertilize your lawn. And all fertilization practices in the fall prepare your lawn for winter. This is a good time for the grasses to be growing. It's a little cooler. They're uh, undergoing a lot of photosynthesis and getting ready for winter. So proper fertilization is really the key to good winterization, not necessarily a specific type of fertilizer. Um, so good nitrogen fertilization right now is a, a really good idea. And a lot of homeowners probably ignore that, uh, but if you're gonna pick one time during the year to fertilize, this would be the time. Yeah, I remember you saying that before. So if you miss the spring, it, it, is it good to do it in the spring too as well? So it's, it's fine to do it in the spring. So right around Memorial Day is a common time to do it in the spring, but not, you know, if you're using a, a more low input grass like a fine fescue, you might not even need that spring application, but you would want the fall application. Uh, if you have a Kentucky bluegrass lawn, it would, it would be a good idea to fertilize in the spring and the fall. Uh, text, by the way, the text number is, as I said, is the same as the phone number, 651 989 
Uh, it says here, Siberia iris, when to cut down. Uh, Siberian iris don't need as much maintenance as our traditional bearded iris. So you might not need to cut them back at all, but you can do the division with those in late uh, summer. You can do that right now. If it's totally green, your plants are green and healthy, I wouldn't worry about cutting them back. If they've turned brown from leaf spot, then I would cut them back. Okay. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. It's the time to do that. Invite our listeners to call in their question, their lawn and garden question for Mary and Eric. 651-989-9226. And if you're here at the fair, we have uh, some anniversary cake that's absolutely free. You don't have to stand in line. You don't have to pay any money. Come and get some cake. It's really good, they tell me. I'm saving myself for, for later. Uh, we'll uh, take this break. It is a Saturday in CCO land, this time at the Minnesota State Fair on A3OWCCO. Denny Law here, uh, talking lawns and gardens, as we always do in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to folks like Mary Meyer and Eric Watkins. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, you happen to be here at the fair, come on up to our veranda. We'll get that question, uh, those questions answered. Call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226. And Mary and Eric, I think there's somebody came up here. Well, I was taking a quick break and asked you a question. Yes, how to overwinter geraniums. So we're thinking about that. It's getting colder now. So you can overwinter your geraniums indoors two or three ways. You can bring the whole plant inside and put it in a bright, sunny window and keep it growing all winter. That is the easiest, most successful way. Some other people actually take them out of the soil and hang them up in a brown paper bag in a cool place in their basement. That's a harder way to do it, but I know people have been successful with that. And a third way is taking cuttings. So you actually take a cutting now, you get that to root and start to grow a new plant and grow that through the winter. And then, of course, there's always the easiest way. Go to your garden center and get a new plant. Get a new one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. 651-989-9226. Uh, let's go to the phones. Kathleen is first up here from Norwood. Kathleen, thank you. What's your question? Hello, Kathleen. All right. I think Kathleen has uh, d- dismissed herself. Linda is in Minnetonka, I hope. Linda, are you there? All right, what's your question, Linda? Um, since my husband and I have moved in here over 35 years ago, we've had these beautiful um, two evergreen trees uh, on the side of our the driveway. And um, just, you know, um, the last few years, they, they've been thinning out a lot, and they look pretty sick. And I'm just wondering if they can be, you know, if there's something we can do, like putting some nutrients in the ground or something to help them. I know another tree had come had just writ, you know, um, grew not too far from them, and I think that's taking up all the nutrients, and it's a pretty tall tree right now. Yes, so uh, I think what you should do is go to the uh, extension.umn.edu website, and then we have a link there under garden, yard and garden, on what's wrong with my plant, and you can look at pictures of evergreen trees and see if any of those match what's wrong with your plant. You can also take a picture of a branch of half dead, half alive, and send that to Ask a Master Gardener. That's a link on our extension page. So there are a number of disease problems that happen with 
is spruce and pine. So it's likely that they're having a disease problem. You need to identify what that is. And then, yeah, you have to make a choice about that other tree. I, I would make a choice. So go with the evergreens or go with the other tree because it's too much competition. 651, thanks, Linda. 651-989-9226. That, again, applies to the text messages as well. But back to the phones. Uh, let's go to now then. Kurt has been waiting there to ask a question. Thank you, Kurt. What is your question? Morning. Morning. I'm stretching the lawn to a pasture. I have leftover timothy and orchard grass and wondering if it would do any good to, you know, walk around and broadcast my leftover seed. Will it hurt? the pasture or or so converting his pasture to a lawn or lawn to a pasture what did you get <laughs> no I I, I, did, I have a pasture uh, for my cows and I have this leftover Timothy and orchard seed oh I'm just wondering can will it help the pasture give it some more grass or will it hurt whatever pasture grass is out there I think that would be fine to oversee that. Yep. So that will, uh, good for you know, process. help increase the density. And yep, that that would be fine. All right. Very good. Thank you, Kurt. Appreciate that. Uh, I think Carrie is calling in from Robbinsdale with a uh, question. Carrie, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. I have a really nice thick green lawn this year, but the last couple of weeks when I've mowed it, I've ended up with a uh, like rust dust on my lawnmower. And uh, I'm wondering if that's a uh, grass disease, that's something I should do about it, or what? Yes, that is a grass disease. So it's called rust, probably crown rust, depending on which grass you have, but it's a rust. Uh, and it's pretty common every year in Minnesota. You don't have to probably do anything about it. Um, one thing about rust is it's what we call a low nitrogen disease. So it's more common in a turf when the turf is a little bit deficient in nitrogen. So it, one solution right now, and we talked about earlier, it's a good time to fertilize, would to be would be to put down some nitrogen fertilizer. So that's a good way to reduce rust. Otherwise, it's going to kind of go away you know, over the next few weeks probably. Uh, so unless you have a really, really bad outbreak, um, there's really nothing you need to do other than maybe add some nitrogen fertilizer. Uh, texter says this, uh, I have lots of pretty zinnias this year. Would like to save the seeds. How do I do that? Yes, you can do that. It's pretty easy. So I would just uh, decide which flower color maybe you like the best. And uh, don't do anything. Just let that flower, the, those individual flowers mature on the plant. And when they're totally brown and uh, just before frost comes, you can take a plastic bag uh, and collect the seed right off the head. So I'd let them mature right on the plant. Uh, the only time uh, you, if they start to fall apart on their own, then the seed is shedding, and then you can uh, pick that. Yeah, the flower color might not be exactly the one you pick, but uh, there's a good chance it will be. Uh, Zinnia is easy to save the seed. All right, very good. Yeah. We need to take a break, uh, Mary and Eric, but uh, we have another half hour of the show to go. If you do have a lawn or garden question here at the fair, come on up. And good morning. Welcome back to the Minnesota State Fair. We're in the midst of our Lana Garden show. It's called Smart Garden. And uh, come on up. Get some free cake. Yes, we still have some left. Our eighth anniversary of celebrating the uh, Smart Garden show. Thanks to, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Merrick and Eric. Mary and Eric are here from the U of M. And, <coughs> excuse me, answering your questions. Uh, we have callers. We have texters. Boy, we have a lot. 
But right. let's uh, let's get to the phone callers first. Kathleen is back from Norwood, I hope. Kathleen, are you with us? I hope so. Thank you. What's, what's your question? <laughs> I have two questions about tomatoes. The first is my tomato plants have black spots on the lower leaves, and I've been cutting those branches off. Am I doing the right thing? Yes. Uh, there are a number of leaf spot diseases that come on tomatoes, so removing any of the diseased portion of the plant is a good idea. Okay. The Keep second question is, um, I have a deer. I'm out in the country. And uh, I also have, I would call it blossom drop. I have whole branches with uh, the blossom as the fact that it's going to be a flower there and there's no flower. Could it be the deer, or is that, that a disease? So, I, uh, Kathleen, can you repeat that? I <laughs> Your call was kind of broken it. up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, a branch that should have multiple tomatoes on it. All it has is like the least part of the flower head. Uh, could yeah. the deer be eating the blossoms off, or is that a disease? Uh, no, it's possible. Deer could be eating it, squirrels could be eating it, chipmunks could be eating it. So, yes, unfortunately, I, I think there's something eating your plant, rather, when a part of the plant is missing. I, I think uh, wildlife is the first thing. If it was disease, you would see the tomato there and spots or some deterioration, but I, I'm afraid something, yes, could be eating it. All right, thank you, Kathleen. Thanks for getting back to us. 651-989-9226. That applies to the text message, too. Same phone number applies. Uh, Mary Lou is calling from Crystal this morning with a question. Go ahead, Mary Lou. Hi, I wish I was at the fair to see you guys. And you'd um, have some cake anyway, if you were here. My, I did send a text, but unfortunately my, tel my phone corrected my, oh. my object. Anyway, I'm wondering about uh, dividing peonies in the fall about that little red bud that's by the root? Yes, so that's that's the growing point now for next year that you're seeing. So division in the fall, that's the right time to divide peonies. You just have to be very careful about replanting them at the same depth. Peonies mm. are very temperamental with being planted too deep or too shallow, so try to plant them exactly the same depth. It's very difficult to get all the roots of peonies. If you start digging those, you'll see that's it's kind of like digging up a small tree. They have a huge, massive root system, so maybe if you only take a part of the plant, that's okay, but it's, uh, it's a big job. All right, uh, th let's get back to the text uh, messages this, this morning. Uh, this one is probably for Eric, I'd say. What's wrong with using creeping bent grass for a family lawn? Good question. Well, you can use creeping bent grass for a family lawn. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. You know, creeping bent grass is very popular on golf courses, so golf course greens, golf course fairways, so it tolerates very low mowing, and it works really well under that low mowing. But it grows uh, via stolons, so above ground stems, kind of like a strawberry, and because of that, when you manage it as a lawn, if you would have it as a higher cut lawn, uh, it gets really thatchy and, and, and fluffy and dries out during droughts quite readily. It's just not a, it's not, most people would consider it a very unattractive lawn. You could also have a lawn, a bent grass lawn where you mowed it at a fairway height. 
but that's probably quite a bit more work than most people want. Uh, you'll see it once in a great while, but it's you know you'd have to mow pretty much every day, and <laughs> there's a lot of extra maintenance uh, involved. Right. We we actually get questions with people trying and identifying that uh, bent grass in their lawn as a weed. Right. It's a very common weed. Oh, is it? Very common weed. You'll see these kind of patches of a fluffier bluer yeah. green grass most people probably have seen this on their lawn and that's creeping vent grass uh in your lawn because just one or two seeds that a bird carries from a, a new seeding at a golf course or something could land in your lawn or there could just be contaminants in your seed bag uh one or two plants could kind of uh, take over a pretty big area because they're so stoloniferous they spread quite rapidly I have another question, and maybe somebody joined the, joined us late about fertilizing. What's a, what's a good uh, fertilizing plan this time of year, and how should we? What, what's the length of, that we should mow as we head into winter? So first, we'll tackle the fertilizing question. Um, it kind of depends on your lawn, but you usually don't want to put down more than a pound of nitrogen per thousand square feet. So those are the, usually the units we use: pound of nitrogen per thousand square feet. Um, so about three quarters of a pound now would be good for most. Uh, applications maybe a little more um, mowing height going into winter I would probably just maintain the same mowing height you have now um, there's you know some sometimes um, there's some thought of going lower going into winter to reduce snow mold pressure um, but most of the time I think if you stay pretty close to what you are uh, right now uh, is fine okay uh, what is uh, any tips on planting the seedlings that the DNR gives away at the state fair. Yeah, so those tree seedlings are a great way to start uh, establishing and plant trees. We've planted a lot of those uh, in my family. Uh, so they're going to come bare root. That might be kind of frightening, but that's a very successful way to establish plants. Keep the roots moist, so keep them in a plastic bag. You can actually soak them in a bucket. Pick, pick a bucket full, of, half full of water, put the roots down in that, carry that with you when you plant them. Uh, plant them um, not too deep, and then make sure you give them a lot of water. But uh, small plants, bare root, will really come quickly as trees, so it's a great way to do uh, plant trees. Very good. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Bev is calling from Minneapolis, I believe. Bev, you're on CCO. Good morning. Uh, yes, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I wanted to let this lady that wanted to plant her zinnia seeds know that she can plant seeds of any flower plant and also uh, vegetables that you buy in the grocery store, even the little bags of colored small peppers. I plant them, and you get a much bigger crop because it's a commercial pepper and they're they're made to grow lots one year i got 37 at one time off from a little pepper plant wow but you can save from any plant um i i picked my marigolds my salvia all of them i just keep my seed i only buy new seed if it's a new brand Uh, You are really lucky, and thanks for telling us the success with that. Uh, There are uh, a lot of seeds that are hybrids that will not come true uh, when you keep the seed, but it's certainly a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun for kids, and there are many things you can try to grow from seed, and um, glad to hear you've been so successful. Uh, Texture says this, the last two years, the bee balm has white powdery mildew on the leaves. Besides cutting them back, is there something I can do to take care of the mildew? 
It's really hard to prevent the mildew. This year has been a fabulous year for mildew because we've had so much rain. So the wetter the foliage is, the more likely you're going to have that mildew. And uh, I do cut out the worst uh, of it when it's in my garden. Also, anything you can do to improve the air circulation. I know that's difficult, but we tend to have a lot of uh, wind in Minnesota, so wind helps. So uh, places in your garden where it's more exposed to wind and less uh, crowded will help to uh, prevent powdery mildew. If you want to call in your question or send a text, uh, again, the same number applies, 651-989-9226. Here's the text. Uh, I have basil, chive, thyme, and rosemary plants and was wondering if I could bring them inside for the winter. If so, do I need a grow light? Uh, you might. A grow light would help, but a good uh, south-facing window is very good. Basil is very difficult to keep growing. Uh, I uh, just keep buying that from the grocery store. Uh, uh, basil, rosemary, rosemary kind of is almost a perennial here in Minnesota, depending on, you can try growing that indoors. It might overwinter outdoors. Basil, rosemary, thyme should winter for you outdoors. I can't remember the fourth one. But you could try some outdoors, bring them indoors. It's um, uh, Basil, chive, thyme, and rosemary. I would not, uh, you could get a grow light if you don't have bright sunshine. Otherwise, bright sunshine is okay. Okay. 651, again, 651-989-9226. Is tall fescue a good grass to plant? Yes, uh, we recommend tall fescue quite often. So tall fescue kind of traditionally was seen as a bad uh, option for Minnesota lawns. But the newer varieties uh, have a much better leaf texture and quality. Uh, and one of the really nice advantages of tall fescue is it's really deeply rooted, so it needs very little uh, water applied. So it's using water, but it's just getting it deeper in the soil profile. So if you're going to use tall fescue, um, just make sure it's not in an area where you might get standing water during the winter that would form ice. It really does not like being under ice. And the other thing we see in Minnesota is it does not, when you first seed it, it does not like to be young going into the winter. So make sure it gets seeded, you know, by, you know, the very early part of September. Okay. Good morning, Tech says. Uh, should we be cutting the stems that grow in the center of hostas? Uh, it really depends on your personal preference on that. You don't have to cut the stems back, but if you don't like looking at the flower stalks, uh, certainly when they're dead, uh, I cut them back. But um, it's personal preference. I think your colleague yeah. Julie just l lets them go. She leaves she, them? Just yeah. let them fall down. Well, we know now that many of our flowering perennial stalks are homes for bees. Many of our native bees ah. will nest in there in the winter. So in the wintertime, we actually are recommending a lot of your perennials you leave up about a foot so that the bottom, that stalk is there, and uh, solitary bees will come in there and overwinter in those stems. Did not know that. Mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, let's take a break. We have more show to come. If you have a question here at the fair, a lawn or garden question, by all means, come on up to our veranda. Uh, have a piece of cake. Is there any left? Yes, we still have some left. It's free, too. Celebrate our eighth anniversary of the show. Uh, call in your t or text in. Same number, 651-989-9226. Okay, we're back at it. Our lawn and garden show called Smart Garden here on CCO Radio Live from the Minnesota State Fair. Uh, Eric Watkins along with Mary Meyer here up on our veranda answering your questions. Also still offering some, yep, cake. There's still some cake left. <laughs> Be cake sure to left. grab some before you go. Uh, guys, we have uh, so many text messages that we always do and callers as well. 
and a limited amount of time. So let's uh, let's get to the callers first because they've been hanging on. Tim in Lake Elmo, I believe, is first up here. What's your question, Tim? Well, thank you. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> I have a huge black walnut in my yard, and nothing grows under it. I mean, I think I found a way to get rid of Creeping Charlie. Uh, <laughs> you just need a 60, 70-foot black walnut tree, that's all. What well, can I grow under it? Yeah, there actually are plants you can grow under a black walnut, and we made a list of those in the best plants for 30 tough sites that the Master Gardeners did on their 30th anniversary. So. If you uh, Google that, uh, Best Plants for 30 Tough Sites, Minnesota, you'll find the website. There are links for that also on the extension.umn.edu garden page. And uh, there are a list of plants. I think hosta is actually one of them. But turf turf grass will usually grow under black walnut. Yeah, the the issue with... Uh, turf grass is under a black walnut is is not so much probably the black walnut but it's going to be the shade the vegetative yeah, right. shade so you would try uh, fine fescues specific specifically chewing's fescue or creeping red fescue those are both pretty good grasses to try in situations where you have heavy tree shades so you can give give those a try yeah certainly vegetable garden fruit trees are uh, they won't grow at all they'll, they'll start to grow and then they die so that's you you have to really uh, search that out but there are some plants that you can grow all right. Thank you, Tim. Let's go to Gary, who's calling from Minnetonka, I believe. Gary, uh, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hello, Gary. All right. No, Gary. How about Mike in New Brighton? Hello, Mike. Hi. Uh, I bought some wildflower seeds at the fair yesterday, and I was wondering, is it too late to plant them? No. I. Uh, you can plant them uh, now. Uh, usually the best thing is to try to get them established before winter. So right now is a good time to do that. Just make sure they have good seed to soil contact. So uh, if you have bare soil where you're putting them in, that's probably the best thing. And then make sure that um, lightly rake that and then keep it watered. All right. Very good. Uh, let's grab one more call before we grab some text. Uh, John is calling from St. Paul, I believe. John, you're on CCO this Saturday. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I have a connection with a guy with a black walnut tree. I have creeping Charlie in my lawn, and I had a couple of commercial applications. The first time it yellowed him a little bit. After that, it didn't affect it at all. My whole back, my whole backyard is all creeping Charlie. How do I get rid of it? So Creeping Charlie is a really difficult weed to get rid of. However, there are chemicals that will work. Uh, triclopyr in a, in a herbicide mix will work. So when you look for uh, products, look for that, that chemical triclopyr. Uh, one of the problems could be timing. So um, it's better to do it in the fall. So this time of year, uh, these plants are uh, sending a lot of uh, uh, carbohydrates to the roots and it's a good time for uh, herbicides to be moving around in the plant um, so creeping charlie control in the fall is usually a little more successful especially after we get some frost to kind of help break up some of the waxy cuticle in the leaf to allow some of the herbicide into the plant so i would you know make sure you're using triclopyr and then make sure that uh, the the time of year is 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 appropriate for control of that species all right uh, let's grab another text thank you john uh, can improving the drainage of soil of the soil reduce disease problems of tomatoes? Well, maybe. 
Maybe. They'll certainly improve the health of the tomato, which can help combat diseases. So I would try doing that. You need well-drained soil for vegetable gardens, especially tomatoes. This year we've had a lot of rain. So if you see standing water in your vegetable garden, that's not a good sign. Uh, The water should drain away from that. So I would try to improve the drainage. Uh, that will keep the moisture from being right near where the foliage is. Uh, You can also try training your geraniums or using cages so you keep them up off the ground. And low low amount of water on the foliage because that also induces disease. Okay. Uh, Texter says that their yard is 30 years old and they received a $200 bid to slit overseed my yard. I don't know if you want to comment on the money, but what is this, uh, the texter says, and should I do it? What is that? Well, I'm going to comment on the money. (laughs) All right, good. That's fine. (laughs) Well, I think $200 to do the actual slit seeding is a really good price, I think. Okay. But I would worry a little bit about if the seed is included in that, they're probably not using very good seeds. So if you get an estimate like that, be very cautious about the quality. Buyer beware of the seed part of that. Anyway, so slit seeding is a great way to, to put seed into an existing turf. It's kind of you're just drilling seed into the ground. So they, you know, they're making this machine is making slits. It's dropping seed into those slits, and it's a great way to get that seed to soil contact we talked about earlier. So that's a it's a great option and uh, a really good price, unless that includes the seed. Okay, <laughs> the good seed. Yeah. All right, uh, may I cut back my peonies now? Yes, uh, you can. I am not quite to cutting mine back, but I will certainly within the next month. Peonies get botrytis blight, and that's black spots all over the leaves. So once you see a lot of black spots on those leaves, you want to clean up your peonies because that will keep the botrytis in the area for next year. So usually they pretty much always have botrytis, so we try to cut them back, uh, clean it up in the fall. How do, Texter says, get rid of dollar spot on my lawn? First of all, what is that? Dollar spot is a fungal disease that causes these little, like the name implies, do, uh, little circles of blighted turf. Um, usually it's not terribly bad in lawns. Um, it's very similar when we talked about rust, a low-end disease. So once again, applying nitrogen should help alleviate those symptoms. So it's a very simple solution of just making sure your lawn is properly fertilized. You know, we haven't uh, had a question or a call about Japanese beetles on the show yet, but this text says, is this a good time to put down grub killer for Japanese beetle grubs? Uh, yeah, you can do that. Yes, this is a good time to do that, but I would only do that if you know you've had those grubs in your lawn before. Otherwise, you're just over-applying uh, chemicals that are unnecessary. It's really in healthy, ideal turf where we get Japanese beetles, and so if you don't know they're in your lawn or haven't done an inspection and counted the number in a square foot, I would not uh, put that down. Uh, do you want to comment on that, Eric? Because it's turf. It right, turf. so this is... <laughs> is a good time if you're gonna if you're gonna control Japanese beetle grubs this is a gr- good time now in the fall they're you know they're young and they're towards the surface so they're a little easier to get at than in the spring but like Mary said you want to make sure that that's the problem I think sometimes people assume that they've got grub problems but you don't have you get certain lawns are going to have grub problems but it's not a widespread problem so sometimes you might be 
applying an insecticide that you don't need to you apply. You don't need to. Yeah. So you want to make sure you check to make sure that they're... We have less than a minute to go. Let's uh, let's tell everybody about the Hort Building and what's going on there, too, before we leave. Yeah, so lots of things in the Hort Building. You can touch turf. You can talk about turf irrigation. You can ask a question. The Master Gardeners are there live with questions. You can go to the Apple Place and get a First Kiss Apple. If you miss the First Kiss Apple here at the fair, go out to the Arboretum. The Apple House will be operating and open for a couple of months now. Excellent. And thank you guys for bringing the cake on our 8th anniversary. Our pleasure. We'll still have some left over. Thank you for having Extension on WCCO. We love it. All right. We'll be back in studio uh, next uh, week, back as usual, starting a whole nother year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.